This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. What is your next mission from God? We all have one. Welcome to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Durko, where the saints show us how it's done. And sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Julie tells their stories to help you find hope, inspiration, and direction to show how the saints discovered and accomplished God's mission for their lives. There's all kinds of stories about St. Nicholas. He is so well-loved. But some of the most amazing stories, the ones that are hardly known at all, are historically verifiable. They come from an ancient Roman fragment from the fourth century. And this fragment is called the Praxis de Stratilatus. I'm sure that I said it wrong because it's Latin, but there's some stories in there that, that just prove his compassion and courage. The man was fearless. So before I get into the two lesser known stories that I'm sure will inspire you and, and, and help you help all of us to know that St. Nicholas really is a saint for our time. This is a story about justice, bravery, compassion, saving lives. Amazing. Okay. So backstory. St. Nicholas was born in what would be modern day Turkey. He uh, had rich parents. He was raised a Christian and he's known for his generosity, but he was born in the time of the persecutions of Diocletian in the Roman empire. And those were horrific. So, so many people were martyred. They gave the ultimate witness for their faith, but Nicholas was not martyred. He was, uh, imprisoned and we think beaten and abused pretty severely. So when he was released, when Christianity became legalized through uh, Emperor Constantine and he was released, he was revered for this. And it's interesting because they do have the remains of St. Nicholas. And so the, his, his face through the skeletal remains has been, uh, reconstructed so that we would know what he looks like. It's pretty amazing. I mean, they did it like in 2004 and it looked okay, but now they did it again in 2014. It's amazing photo. It's the one that I'm showing you right now. Uh, and, and in the show notes, there's links and everything. So you can, can go and see the research and a little video about it. But so we kind of know what he looked like, but we know that he did suffer in that imprisonment. So he comes out, uh, prison and then now the church is legal it needs to be spread in the Roman Empire and so he's involved with that so he was at the before time during the persecution and really held firm and then he's he's after it becomes legal to help propagate it uphold the truth and and be a compassionate bishop so the story I wanted to tell you involved three men and these men were in the military they were military men well, where he, where he was the bishop, there was a governor of the region and there were trumped up charges against these three men. They were taking the fall. They were going to be the scapegoat for 
somebody else in, in the, in politics. So the execution was set and they staged it and we're getting ready to ex execute these three men. And just in the nick of time, Nicholas, Bishop Nicholas shows up. He challenges the governor and he stops everything. And this is what he says. It's very exciting. Sacrilegious bloodshedder. How dare you confront me? You've been caught in so many evil acts. I'll not spare or forgive you, but will let the mighty Emperor Constantine know how serious are your sins and that you have been discovered and in what fashion you administer your princely prefecture. So the governor fell to his knees and he repented and uh, the men were set free. But that is not the end of the story. Someone in the government had it in for these guys because months later, when there is a new governor, the men are set to be executed again, the same three. Now this is, this is recorded on that Ro Roman fragment. So these three men are in, are in prison. Now, let me tell you, on the first episode, they didn't know who Bishop Nicholas was. I mean, they didn't know that he would come to their rescue and they experienced a rescue by him. And so when they're imprisoned, waiting for their execution, they pray to God and they say, God, you know, please send Nicholas again to save us. We have been falsely accused. We're going to be executed the whole, the whole thing. It's kind of like repeating itself. And so this is what happens. And I think this is just beautiful. And this gives us hope to go to St. Nicholas when we're in trouble in our day and age. But what happens is that the governor, he has a dream the night before the execution. And in the dream, Nicholas comes to him and challenges him and tells him not to execute those men, calls him into question for his own part to play in it. At the same time, the same night, the emperor Constantine also has a dream. And in the dream, Nicholas comes to him and tells him what's happening about these three men. So the governor and Constantine, before the execution, they get together and they talk and they realize that they have both had a dream from St. Nicholas who wants this stopped. So they call the three men in and before them and the men say, well, we were praying to God because St. Nicholas saved us once and we were hoping he would save us again and intervene, but he hasn't come, <laughs> but he had come in their dreams. So they set them free and they give them gifts to bring back to Nicholas. And so isn't that just an amazing story? It's one most people don't know. But there's other stories that can't necessarily be verified, like raising children from the dead. And, and, but there are some verifiable stories about saving men who are at sea and there's, there's going to be a shipwreck and they're saved and uh, making sure that a captain leaves grain that he needed to ship and sell, but he leaves it for this village that they're having a famine. And it's like it multiplies. The grain lasts for a long time. The people never starve. And the, the captain, he makes his delivery and, and, and gets all the money that he needs. Anyway, Nicholas is always intervening. He, he is a person with great compassion. And this started before he was imprisoned during the era of Diocletian. You know, he was young. And his parents died and they were wealthy 
And so you may have heard this story, but it's interesting too, because there's this, this man who gotten himself into a lot of trouble. He's gotten into debt and he owes somebody some money and he can't pay it back. And he's got three daughters and they are, he has no dowry for them and he can't support them. And it looks like they'll need to go into slavery to pay his debt, you know? And so the, the man is really troubled. So Nicholas hears about this and, you know, he throws a bag of coin, one bag of coin in there. And so the, the, the oldest daughter, he, it's a dowry for her. So he, he secures a marriage for her because in those days, that was how you could see to your daughter's well-being. It's, it's who she married. And so Nicholas didn't put all three bags of coin in, one for each daughter. He put in one at a time. And the reason he did this, he wanted to see. Because the man, you know, he could have still sold the daughters into slavery and kept the money for himself, but he didn't. And he wanted to see how the money would be used and if it would come to the good end that he was hoping. And it did. So he did it for the second one. When it comes time for the third one, the, the, the father of these girls, he's like, you know what? I know this guy's coming. I want to know who he is. So he, he waits. And then, and then when it does happen, uh, when the, the coins get thrown into a window, he, he runs after Nicholas and tackles him to the ground and figures out who he is. And that's how the story gets out because Nicholas was doing this uh, without anybody knowing. So you just wonder all the things he did. I mean, he did everything in secret, you know, as far as he didn't want to call attention to himself. So he took care of people and he came to Constantine and this governor in a dream so that someone wouldn't be falsely executed. I mean, I just think that is an amazing story. So St. Nicholas was very compassionate and courageous. He learned so much. I mean, he was in the prison you know, that model of his face that they reconstructed. I mean, it, he had obviously a nose that had been broken several times and didn't heal right. They see this from his remains, from his skeletal remains. So he, he knows what it is to be persecuted, to have real, real hardship, to see his friends executed. He is a saint for our times. He, the, the, his life has so much to offer us and his compassion is not less, but more because he's with Jesus. He doesn't have, have a need for courage because he's with Jesus, but he still wants to help us. So I would encourage you to make a relationship, open up a relationship with St. Nicholas this Advent. St. Nicholas, pray for us. You've been listening to Your Next Mission from God with author and speaker, Julie Underko. For more about Julie, visit her website at catholicfinishstrong.com and follow her YouTube channel, Catholic Saints on Mission. You can find previous episodes of Your Next Mission from God on the free Hail Mary Media app or your favorite podcast platform. Your Next Mission from God is produced at the studios of Mater Dei Radio in Portland, Oregon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.